We spend a lot of time at Plugged In chronicling the content and worldviews that come to us via all of those screens that seem to be everywhere today. But in our conversation today, we're going to turn back the clock a little bit, metaphorically speaking, and look at how one kind of old-fashioned form of family entertainment is quietly enjoying a surprising and creative renaissance of sorts. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, if you have ever thought, I just wish The Plugged In Show people would talk about something other than screens, today's your lucky day. Turns out we have a whole staff full of board game fans. So much so, in fact, that our newest staff member, Kennedy Unthank, recently wrote a two-part blog about 10 different board games you may never have heard of, but might be interested in checking out as a family. And in our second segment, okay, I'm going to have to walk things back a little bit. We are going to talk a little bit about screens. Our resident video game maven, Bob Hoos, is going to be joining us to talk about two new and in some ways similar games in the Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! franchises. And of course, we'll have another mind-bending, laughter-inducing installment of Pop Culture Connection. And in all honesty, I don't really want your mind to be bent. It's just a figure of speech. So I just want to throw that disclaimer in here. Before we dive in, I'd also encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment, leave a review, leave a like. We would love to hear what you are thinking about what we're talking about. Well, joining me for our first segment today are Kennedy Unthank, Kristen Smith, Emily Clark, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everybody. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Hello. Good. We are going to talk about games today. And I thought a fun way to launch into this conversation would be for you to remember one of your favorite board game memories from when you were a child and maybe pair that with if you have a game that you and your family or friends play today, what your favorite game right now is. So who wants to launch us off? I'll go first. Kristen, I choose you. Actually, might, you chose yourself. But. I did. I did. I might pull a Jonathan and be like, well, I didn't say, and then have to list like all the things <laughs> I didn't get into. Right, right. <laughs> Who told? Yeah. <laughs> as a kid, I really liked, I don't think this counts as a board game, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, like the elephant that's like, its trunk went up and all the butterflies came out oh, of it yes. and you got to catch yes. it. Yes. Yeah. I was obsessed with that as a kid Same. and we would play it all of the time. So that was the childhood one. <laughs> and now I really like Catan. Um, Settlers and, of? Yes. And can I stop you? Sure. So it was in our van mm -hmm. and it got turned upside down in the back of our van no. and all of the pieces scattered everywhere. No. And so I now call it Settlers of our van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a dad joke. And now yeah. back to you, Kristen. Adam's kids. Um, <laughs> so probably that one. And I really like Bananagrams. Bananagrams mm, is awesome. So fun. Yeah. But right. I have a lot of them and I'm going to stop. All right. Self-control. Your self-control to only do two. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> at the end was is remarkable. Who's next? I can go next. Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, when I was little, I distinctly remember my father and my brothers and I playing countless games of trouble. Oh, so good. Oh, um, <laughs> just getting to pop that little bubble in the middle was just like. No. Oh. So much dopamine just like rushed through my body. I, as a I mean, child. it was like it was like a precursor of of you know uh, of attention deficit disorder. Ironically, I couldn't even mm -hmm. think of what yeah. I was trying to say. Uh, nowadays, though, uh, I love the game Captain Sonar. 
And that's a game that's essentially Battleship, but in real time. Ooh. So you've got oh, that's fun. Uh, two teams of four different people, and each person on the team has a different job on the submarine that they have to take care of. And so you're trying to locate the other person's uh, submarine as you're going around this little map, mm-hmm. and you're trying to be the first team to find the other and destroy their submarine. Oh, that's cool. All right. Jonathan. Oh. And is it just, when you say Battleship, that just reminds me when people first started getting laptops, I thought that all of us were just playing Battleship. You know, we each had our little <laughs> laptop out. I was like, this is like Battleship. This is awesome. I do have good memories of Battleship as a kid, for sure. I think Shoots and Ladders was probably my, my go-to because I remember my mom, you know, she would like have pity and play Shoots and Ladders with me. And it was very awesome. So that was like the little kid game that was like, you know, so I mean, come on, didn't. Didn't you guys, you know, shoot oh, some yeah. ladders, Candyland? Yep. Come on. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but uh, as an adult, it depends who I'm with. So, Chris, I'm not going to do the thing of, I was thinking of, but I will at least say it depends on who we're with because my wife's family, big uh, card players. So, Pinochle, Euchre, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't grow up, I grew up, you know, thinking cards were a sin. And it was funny because, uh, I tell you, Euchre, we can play Euchre like all night long mm-hmm. with our family. So so that's a fun one. And the cool thing is we're just sitting around talking, dialoguing. That's a great one. Uh, my daughter, though, uh, the family she married into was big into Domino's, Mexican train. that, And so she's kind of corrupted us with that. And now we are big uh, Domino's, Mexican train folks. And it's really fun. And it's kind of cool because you can have as many people play as you want. You know, we're... Some games, you know, you're limited to four or limited to six. So, yeah, right. that's that's kind of a peek into our life. All right. Emily. So your question was, what was our favorite, like, memory of playing a game as mm-hmm. a kid? Yeah. So my favorite memory of playing any game as a kid, because my family played a variety of games, but there's one particular game of Monopoly <laughs> that comes to mind. I like where this is going. Yeah. So my family was really big on, you know, making trades and deals and stuff. So my mom and my dad struck a deal, and I think it was like the equivalent of an IOU within the game. Like we would have like little sticky notes for them. Those aren't binding. Yeah, <laughs> they are not finding. No, but it, it it was so funny because like my dad is about to go bankrupt, and so he but he gives my mom like a pass on his property or whatever. As soon as she's passed, as soon as the next person rolls the dice, she pulls this wad of Monopoly money out from under her leg, and she's like, "What's this? I forgot I had this." <laughs> she had enough money to pay him, or I I don't know if she had enough to pay him, but she could have at least tried. But he was just like he looked at her. The look of derision, like Paul gives me, you know, grief yeah. about my looks of derision, but it's because I get it from my dad, because that look, if looks could kill, oh. Well, I will give you a little bit of insight into little Adam today. I was, uh, and still actually, am a terrible loser. I hate losing, like, period, full stop. It's called competitive. Right, right. Well, <laughs> to an in, extent. In... <laughs> In God's great providential mercy, he gave me a best friend who could tolerate my tantrums. <laughs> and I remember one time we were playing Risk, and it was just past the tipping point where it became very clear that I was going to lose. Mm. Uh, and so I accelerated the process with a tennis ball and a 
a nuclear bomb on the board, and that was the end of that game. Oh my wow. goodness! Um, You're mature, sore loser. <laughs> you no. are talking about when you were a child, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I won't talk about the time I week. hurled a croquet mallet across the road. <laughs> That's a different story for as a different an time. Adult. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. No, as a child. Uh, and I would say now our family loves playing apples to apples. So um, fun. I love that it's one. Such a great game, and. Um, my daughters tend to conspire with each other and it makes my wife really, really angry. And so it's it's fun to watch the girls get all Intense. mad at each other. <laughs> well, I think that this shows even our conversation how much games can play a significant part in our life. And you know, we do spend so much time talking about screens that I think it's easy for us to lose track of the fact that there are all of the old classic board games that we grew up with. And then there are tons of new games that we might loosely categorize as board games, even if they're mostly card games or there may or may not be a board involved. Um, before we talk through some of the new games that Kennedy has written about in his blog entries, I want to think big picture. What are some of the reasons why playing board games together as a family might be a really great thing to do in our screen-based entertainment age. What are the benefits of that? Yeah, so I think immediately uh, there's a sense of you get to actually talk about things other than the content itself that you're ingesting. A lot of times when you go and you watch a movie or you sit down and watch a TV show, uh, there's not much talking going on because everyone wants to focus on uh, the media. You should come to my house. But okay. go ahead. <laughs> well, a lot, of, a lot of times you're, normal, uh, you're sitting there families. watching the, uh, the movie. And then afterwards, even the conversation is usually about the movie. Uh, a lot of times with board games, though, or card games, uh, you'll be playing the game. And then you get to, as you're playing the game, you'll talk about other things. You'll talk about how the other person's day was, how their... Uh, uh, and sure, you might talk about strategy in the game, but a lot of times it will venture farther away from that. Right. You know, as... Uh, when I was a scared little freshman going into college, uh, you know, I went to college without knowing anybody, but it was a bunch of upperclassmen who had invited me over to their house uh, for board game nights. And that was how I met a lot of the friends that I have today is because, mm. you know, we sat down, we played Apples to Apples or we played Risk or we played Monopoly. And over those games, I grew greater bonds with those people. I love that. And I, I think the same thing happens. You know, I hear so many dads talk about when they're driving down the road with their kid and all of a sudden their kid starts talking because both of them are looking out a windshield. And uh, for some reason, you know, dialogue just starts to happen. And mm. something with board games, maybe it's because you're already sometimes laughing or kind of jesting, you know, and competing with each other. But it's just nice when you get in a setting where you aren't screen to screen and you're actually face to face. And board games are just something to do. They're like a hike. They're like a, a bonfire. They're something where screens are put away and you get a chance to just kind of enjoy that face to face interaction kind of with with no pressure. So mine isn't as like nice as all of these, but <laughs> not as fluffy. Yeah, these are all so sweet. I really like to teach my kids that losing is normal. Yes, mm -hmm. that's what um, I was gonna say next. So because... there's a life awesome. lesson component I on top I of the relational. Component. Yeah, I mean, I might have to say sorry afterwards because I'm extremely competitive. And Dutch Blitz is one of my favorite games ever. And similar to you, Kennedy, when I went to college, I was in the middle of nowhere for the, my first year. 
And there were huge tournaments and I lost all the time and had to get really good at it. So anyway, I've taken this super competitive game into my family. My husband usually won't play with me because I turn into a different person. It's fine. Um, but I, Monster Kristen. <laughs> I'm trying to teach my four-year-old how to play and other games too. And it's really good for him to learn how to lose. And I don't, I'm not going to go easier on you. I don't know if that's like okay or not, but I, we usually play the game and I'm like, okay, this is how it happens. And there are like, we have a matching, he has a superhero matching memory game. He is so good at this, you guys. Oh, like, their memories for those He is so crazy. good at it. My memory is shot after kids. They take everything. But we will sit down to play this game, and we did during Christmas, and he was beating me, my sister, my mom, my dad. I mean, he is good at this right. game. And it was cool to watch him be very proud of himself, but to also when he lost, like, okay, how can we handle this now that you've lost? Because yeah. we don't do participation <laughs> trophies at our house. Yeah, and I think as well, just for parents in general, uh, something that's kind of unique about border card games is a lot of times if they have... Uh, material that you might not want your kids to see, you can oftentimes take that out and the game will still play very similarly. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, just a couple days ago, uh, my friends and I we were playing a game called Red Flags. It's kind of like apples to apples where one judge is going to choose uh, which person they'd like to date. And this person has two really good qualities, but they have one really bad quality. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fun. And you have to choose which person that you would be most willing to date. Um, now, some of those bad cards are not appropriate. So what we did was we took out all of those bad cards. All right. And we got the to PG version. Yeah, we got to play the PG version. Now, you can't really do that a lot of times with movies and TV shows. You can't yeah. just, a lot of times they don't have the censored version out right. there. And so you just kind of have to wade through it. But with board games and card games, you can. So here's my next question. I love this conversation. It makes it sound like, why would we ever do anything else but play games? Because it's so awesome. And yet... <laughs> And yet, I think if you've been a parent very long, you may know um, sometimes there are barriers to actually playing games with your kids or as a family. What are some of the things that are obstacles that we have to overcome if we want to engage in this awesome family building time together? Honestly, like you have to actually remove the screen. Okay. You know, that sounds weird, but you know, if you've got a TV on in the background, people aren't paying attention. And then, you know, the people who are paying attention get upset and they're like, why isn't everybody playing the game as equally as I am? This isn't fun. I've had to tell you it's your term 10 times now. <laughs> I think that you really do. You have to make the conscious effort to sit there and say, okay, we are not going to watch TV. We are going to sit down and take the time to play this game. And we're not just going to turn our brains off. Actually, we're going to engage our minds. Yeah, I mean, especially too, I think if you have like a sore loser in your family, and I for sure have been or this. Or five of them. Or five of them. I have been this plenty of times. <laughs> I think you there's a group dynamic that comes into play. You have to work through group dynamics. And television, movies, music, you can kind of do your own thing. And there's a lot of really good qualities to that like a lot of really good points to just kind of getting to do your own thing but having to participate as a family I think it's different with friends with friends everyone's just like nicer with family you kind of go at it no you just kind of yeah. let it all hang out and metaphorically so, speaking and then you have to I have a friend who has five kids and she 
posts all the time. They have a family game night that they always do. It's like every Monday night. Yep. And she always like will say some people cried. We had to work through this, <laughs> but we made it. And I really like that, though, because they're dedicated to doing it. And it, it might not always be the greatest, but it works out. That's a, a great uh, real world tip, Kristen, if you think about it, you know, because I know a lot of our listeners are thinking, OK, g- give me some way to help you know, start this with my kids. And, and one thing is if you do like a family game night, you know, like Tuesday night is, you know, th- that kind of stuff really works. Another thing I think is as parents, sometimes we try to smash screens all together and just eliminate them. And I think one thing we do is, is game time is just a time where you just, it's like, Hey, here's a time where we're putting our screens in our pocket. It's like the dinner table. And whenever I speak with young people, like if I'm ever uh, in a classroom, I'm talking to young people, one of the first things I always do is I'll say, everybody pull out your phone. Okay, everybody show me. And, and like I always do something that involves the screens first. And then I always say, okay, now let's put them in our pockets. And I do that. And I find that whenever I'm – same thing with my own kids is if there's times where we have the screens out and we're doing screen time and we go, okay, hey, now it's time to put in our pockets. It's not like I'm eliminating screens from our house all the time. It's they realize there's time for screens and there's times to hang out and just enjoy each other face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest barriers in in our family, quite frankly, is simply me. And um, not because I'm always a a stick in the mud or a grump, but sometimes at the end of the day, if I come home and I have, you know, put in a a long day at work, honestly, my last impulse is to want to do something high energy and engagement and Mm -hmm. relational. And so Mm -hmm. I think having a family game night sort of gets it on the calendar ahead of time and we have done it sporadically i'm not going to say we've done it perfectly Um, and usually like a lot of things once i can sort of get over my own self-absorption and my my impulse to say oh are you kidding me i don't want to play charades you know Um, i have one daughter who loves to play charades we play charades as a family pretty regularly but once we get into it Mm -hmm. it's super fun so I just have to get past that sort of first impulse to say, I do not have the energy to do this tonight. And I think once we get to that point, um, we can have a blast together. You know, at, in the intro, I talked about the games that Kennedy has talked about in his two blogs, and we would absolutely encourage you to check them out. Just a couple as I was reading through his list that I'm like, oh, I want to know about that. One is Poetry for Neanderthals. Another one is Cheating Moth. And I think my favorite title that makes me want to learn more is A Fake Artist Goes to New York. Wow. (laughs) That sounds interesting to me. So hopefully our conversation about games today has maybe encouraged or challenged or inspired you to think about how you can do this in your family. And I think it's a really fun way to also combat our tendencies to just be on screens all the time. Thanks, guys. Well, for our second segment today, I'm joined by Bob Hoos, who has been reviewing video games for Plugged In for low these many years. And there are two games that have come out fairly recently, Pokemon Legends Arceus and Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. And I will say about these two franchises... They're not exactly the same thing. No, no. And, and no, if no. you're a fan of one, uh, you might turn your nose up maybe a little bit at the other. Having said that, there are some similarities. They yeah. both sort of descend from an anime and a manga kind of place culturally. Right, right. They both have TV shows, video games, trading card games. And 
as families, there's lots of ways that your kids could potentially get introduced to one of these franchises because there are so many entry points. Right. And so right. today I thought it would be great to just take a few minutes and have Bob tell us kind of, you know, what's the state of the union on these two yeah. broadly similar games. So tell us about Pokemon Legends Arceus. What do parents need to know about this one, Bob? Well, for people who have ever played a Pokemon game before, they know it's essentially, or most of the most recent ones have been, you're plopped down on this little Japanese island, Yeah. you run into a professor who gives you this little beastie thing that <laughs> becomes your own, and then you go out and you capture more and you, and you have competitions at gyms and things like that. This new one, though, sort of changes the template a bit. Yeah. Um, for those who haven't played it or heard about it, it makes the game a little bit more of an action-adventure game, yeah. which is an interesting twist. Yeah. Um, it sort of sends everything back into the past, in, into a historical point in the Pokemon world where they really have never had these monsters before and they don't know much about them and they're trying to figure out how they work and what to do with them. And what happens is that you've got these creatures sort of wandering around the hillsides and if you get too close it's not like they look at you and go beep beep or anything like that they peek at you yeah they attack and i mean they they can actually damage you because they if, know that you want to put them in a small ball for the well, rest of maybe, their existence but the thing is that it, it's not the same where you're doing a lot more sneaking and jumping and leaping and battling in this particular version of the Pokemon thing. In fact, you know, in the old games, you would always sort of go through the high weeds yeah. and the high grass, and yep. that's where the Pokemon would, would hide. In this game, you're the one hiding in the high grass. <laughs> and uh, and so, and I'm not saying it's still an E-rated game, Yeah. so it's not messy or bloody or, or anything scary. like that, or scary, but it is much more of an adventure game where you're going off on quests to fulfill quests and work toward uh, serving others and then building up your team along the way. And are there any things that parents need to be aware of content-wise, Bob? I think it's all pretty much the same. If they've seen Pokemon in the past and they've had problems maybe with some of the spirituality, because yeah. there is sort of a, a Far Eastern kind spiritual, of vibe. spiritual vibe, yeah. but it's not heavy-handed at all. But it's there. And, of course, you've got the violence. And this yeah. one, it feels, even though it's not goopy or anything like that, it feels more violent because some of these big Pokemon roaming the hillsides will attack and take down your life points. Yeah. You know, so it feels a little bit more violent, but all in all, it's just this new adventure game twist that I think a lot of people, especially fans, will find uh, refreshing. Yeah. Well, what about Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel? What's going on with this one? Okay, now that that's... You see, you, you were talking about how these are very similar. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh!, for those that don't know, is not an adventure game at all. It is... And this one is, by the way, all online. This one, okay. is, this one is a free download. You can get it on just about any console. Okay. And it's all online. And it is strictly a card game. Okay. So your action within this game is to build up a great deck and then... So it's like a digital version of actually the trading card game. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And you're building up a great deck and then you take that deck into competition against other people around the world. 
you're you're connecting with somebody online and it's always a random connection sort of thing and uh, and you're playing unless of course you set aside your own special room you can do that too okay where you can actually create your own room and invite friends in to compete in there but in general it's going to be building up this deck and so and what's on the cards in the deck the deck that's the thing uh, that's where you get into more of that that Japanese sort of spirituality quasi spiritual yeah. feel because you've got all kinds of monsters in this game too on the card deck uh, you've got cards that are are zombies and vampires and and magicians evil so it's magicians a little bit darker and, yeah it it can appear that way it can okay. feel that way and by the way this is a t-rated game because okay. of that great and then when That's when, you, when you're when you're in your competition and you're it's all about building the deck properly balanced because you've got all these different monsters and then you've got trap cards and spell cards okay and that might be another thing sticking point for some parents it's not like you're reading off spells right but they are spell cards Cards. And so that's part of the balance that you're creating with your deck. And then the idea is to have a deck so well balanced that you can go into competition against someone else and be able to pull these cards off the top of your deck and still be able to come up with the right combination to win the duel. Um, so now, let me ask a question about that. Yeah. Are you only playing against other people online or can you play against an AI or both? Well, the only way you can play against an AI is in the very early stages when you're actually learning the game because okay. they have a tutorial okay. and you're and you're doing competition against AI, but everything else is online. Okay. So when once you start building your deck and they also give you some free decks up front, but the thing is that they're so underpowered right. that once you get online playing with other people, you lose quickly <laughs> uh, but but and that's where the whole microtransaction yeah side that of was the next thing i was going to ask you about i said it was free but the right. fact is that you can buy you can use real money to buy these little gems and it's the gems that you use to buy packs of random cards of digital cards yes that you can then then add into your deck to create this great deck but see it's not like you're going to go out and say, okay, I want 15 dragon cards. You're going to get a random collection right. of different cards. And sometimes it takes quite a few little packs to start building up your deck. Now, you can earn gems in-game, but the problem is that that's slow. Yeah. And if you want to jump in and actually start competing... A lot of times you're sort of prompted to go ahead, put a few real dollars into here, and then we'll give you a whole bunch of gems, and you can get a whole bunch of cards, and you can build a better deck. So it's essentially the same thing as playing at a local game shop yeah. with real cards. It's just a digital version. And you know, if you've ever had kids that have gotten into either one of these franchises, and Magic the Gathering is another one that's broadly similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what I love about it is it teaches you strategy because you're trying to maximize the cards you have. Right. And there can be some really great interaction. The downside is it can be a black hole financially. Well, because and, you just you want to get the best cards. Sure, sure. I mean, we were you were talking about board games earlier, and uh, and this has a very much a board game feel. Yeah. Uh, but it is open ended in that there's a way that they can get the money out of you if right. you want to move quickly. And but see, that's where I think this is also a great game for parents to play with their kids. Yep. And I think parents should take the time because if you take it the slow way. Yeah. And you work your way through and keep everything free, then first of all, you don't have to worry about your kid 
you know, spending all your spending money. every every dime he's got, <laughs> and then secondly, it also gives you that fun of interaction. You know, when I was reviewing this game, I actually invited my son, who's an adult now, and we used to watch the TV show with Yu-Gi-Oh and yeah. and play the games. And I invited him to come over and play, and we spent an afternoon building a deck yep. and interacting together and going into competition, and it was really really fun. Yes. It was a, it was a fun interactive, and it, and again, I've always thought video games are a great touch point between dads and their sons or moms too you know parents and kids can connect and have a great time with some of these games i love that well hopefully that gives you some information to know what we're dealing with with these latest entries in the pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh franchises so thanks bob for bringing us up to speed on those today my pleasure well now it's time for a part of the show we call the pop culture connection And each week, we have our producer, Ashley, on. Ashley. Hello. And she (laughs) asks us, well, a whole series of questions. Everybody gets their own question, Mm -hmm. and we have to come up with as many answers to that question in 30 seconds as we possibly can. And Ashley is our official scorekeeper as well. So, Ashley, take it away. All righty. Well, I'm going to have you go first, Adam. Great. So, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. In your role. In my role. You've met several celebrities. I have. Or more. Maybe. Who really made an impression and why? You know, I think John Cooper is a celebrity that I have enjoyed the most. He is the lead singer of Skillet. I love his energy. I love his positivity. I love his fearlessness. He is willing to confront cultural issues. Uh, I love the fact that he looks so much better in black than I do, which actually maybe is a little weird. So I'm going to just keep talking. And I love Skillet. And it's always fun to hang out with rock stars when you get a chance to do that. And my son is a huge fan as well. So that is that's fun. Nice. I scored nine. Nine points. Best week ever. Take that, Jonathan. I threw the gauntlet down. (laughs) Boom. Paul Paul did get six million last week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Paul did get the participation trophy last week for sure. Right, right. We're still thinking about last week. I see how it is. Yeah, Yeah, Jonathan's not bitter at all. (laughs) No, not not at all. All right. Emily. We're just a couple months away from when Marvel's second Doctor Strange movie is hitting theaters. If you could be any Marvel character, who would you choose and why? I'm going to go with Black Widow because she started off as a redhead because she doesn't actually have a superpower. She's just very talented uh, because I really like the storyline she had with her sister and her pseudo parents in the Black Widow movie because her best friend is Hawkeye because um, she just she doesn't take crap from anybody. You know, she can uh, she can hold her own in a room full of boys, um, literally in the Avengers. And I I just love her. Oh, nice. Well, I got eight on that one. Oh, good job. Really good, but not quite good, good enough. Good job. Oh Try God. harder next week. <laughs> All right. Sorry, that was me being a poor winner. That was a great question. <laughs> it was a great well, question. Thank you. Thank Get you. the tennis ball okay. ready. All yeah, right. exactly. Kristen, you're next. Oh, this is so stressful to me. Don't let it be stressful. This is fun. You have young kids. Yeah. What is the latest family-friendly show you've watched, and what do you recommend about it? Okay, my kids really like Go Dog Go. So it's based off of a book. They teach kids participation, kindness, empathy, um, working together, problem solving. Um, Oh, spending time with family, like how valuable that is. Um, And they are always like super fun. Like they 
speaking of board games, they play board games in the movie or in the show. And so they get to talk about them, but do them in real life. And then, of course, there's tons of adventure to go along with it. So what little kid doesn't want to watch adventure? Nice. Is that nine? That was ten. Yes. Ten. I've never won this. (laughs) I never have either. Jonathan hasn't gone yet, though. Darn it. So far. Kristen's our winner. You know, getting his Red Bull and just pouring it straight (laughs) in. I'm going to save Jonathan for last, so. That's right. I know the game is rigged. I'm going to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just wait. You've got a good one. All right, Kennedy. Today we talked all about board games. Do you play video games as well? And why or why not? If you do, what are some of the boundaries that you keep in place for yourself? Yes, uh, I do play a few video games. Uh, I really enjoy, uh, I've got actually, I've got a friend in Texas who, uh, the only reason we're friends is because we've played games online. I've only met him in person once or twice. Um, Some of the boundaries I put on games for myself uh, include, you know, if there's going to be a lot of sexual content or a lot of violent content, uh, if it's like overly gratuitous, you know, stuff where it's like, it's really focusing in on it. It's really a lot of the same boundaries that we do for movies. Nice. That's that a hard good. question. That was a hard question. Yeah. So right. I'm, I'm going to give you double points for that one. And I Ooh. scored five, so I'm going to give you ten because oh. it was a hard question. So you're Whoa. tied with Kristen. All right, Kennedy. Wow. I'll see you. And uh, <laughs> Jonathan, we're getting your negative modifier warmed up. <laughs> That's it. To make sure that the rigged game doesn't favor you. Jonathan, you're really good at this. Yeah, you are really not, good at not it. Not worried at all. All right, Jonathan, you need to get your screen brain on here. Beautiful. All right, there's a headline that says, TikTok has announced that users will soon be able to upload 10-minute videos. Is this a good thing or a bad thing, and why? I think they actually might be shooting themselves in the foot because the whole reason that the platform is going so well is because people can scroll through and watch these quick little videos. You know, it's Vine 2.0, and if they don't like it, their short attention span goes to the next thing where they can watch the next vile, filth, language, sexual content, uh, terrible influence that makes them want to dress different, talk different, be different, feel worse about themselves while their self-esteem plummets down to lower levels that they've never felt before in their life. <laughs> Holy oh, no, cow, I Jonathan. I don't, wow. I don't even know how to score that he one. He went to a dark place. <laughs> oh, boy. That felt like 14 to me. 14? Yeah. Okay. Gosh I will, darn you, I will Jonathan. agree with you. Divided by two. That was two. good. <laughs> Divide, divided by two because it was an easy question. Yeah. There good news go. is there's always next week, Kristen, for you and I. I won't win again. Anyway. 10 was a really great score, though. And it was an honest 10. I it think was. Jonathan had sort of a boosted 10. All right, guys. I don't. I don't need all this for myself. All right. I gotta... Well, I hope Kristen had me at do- go. I didn't go. win. Let's move on. I think it's Kristen good. hasn't been watching TikToks. So she's good. I think it's terrific that we get a chance to practice right here some of the skills that we talked about in our main conversation about games today, and we would love to hear what you think about the conversation that we had about board games, about the new Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh games. Let us know what you think on Facebook or Instagram. Or shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. We would love to hear from you. And we'd also like to say thank you for being a part of the Plugged In Show family. So today, for a gift of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Focus on the Family Vice President of Parenting, Dr. Danny Huerta's book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. You'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show, as well as on the Plugged In blog entry for our conversation this week. Or just give us a call at 
a family. Well, as always, we want to say thank you for taking some time to join us for the Plugged In Show this week. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week for our next episode. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.